I try to stay positive. Um, I think if people just do the right thing for themselves and like the person next to them, then I think we'll be all right. People with businesses that haven't been open for two years, they they need they need like Melbourne to reopen because we can't we can't live like this. Today on Dirty Linen, we are talking to Haikal Raji, one of the owners of an absolute Melbourne institution, A1 Bakery in Brunswick. A1's been there since the early 1990s and Haikal is one of the heirs to the throne. Welcome to Dirty Linen, Haikal. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to have you on the show. A1 is such an institution. T- tell me about it. I mean, you grew up in the business. What, what, tell, tell us about growing up at A1. Oh, well, pretty much. Look, I've been here my whole life. Um, I'm 32 now and um, dad opened the business in 92. So pretty much like ever ever since I was able to walk, like I'd come down to the bakery and, you know, run around and whatever. Um, But then even like in my teen years, it was just about um, helping around, stocking shelves, um, filling up the fridges and just looking busy. Because uh, dad, dad never liked us to stand around. Um, so, yeah, it was just anything we can do would just help out. And, I mean, did you always feel proud of it? It, it, is, it is a place that people come to from far and wide. And, I mean, I think the smell hits you before you ever get through the doors. But were you always proud of what you were creating or was there a bit of, um, you know, you said you had to look busy. Did you wish you weren't so busy there? Well, when you're younger, it's sort of like you misunderstand um, and like like the values of things. Um, so it was sort of like, oh, I've got to go to work. Uh, I've got to do this. I think as I've gotten older, you sh- like you um, your love for the business grows with you. Um, so right now, I'm enjoying it more than what I used to, uh, which is good. Um, there's always like we always look at things to improve. And I think that's like just part of growing up, I guess. Mm. I mean, for people who don't know A1, can you describe it for us? Tell us what it's like and what you specialise in. Uh, well, we specialise in authentic uh, Lebanese pastries, like manushis and um, like falafel and all that sort of stuff. And we've also got a Lebanese grocery section. Um, we make pita bread as well. Um, so just authentic Lebanese food. Mm. And you can eat in or you can take away and, you know, in normal times a lot of people love to do both, like there's always queues. Um, what kind of customers do you get? Well, early days it was more just um, the Lebanese, uh, like Arabic customers because they, they knew the food, um, where now it's more multicultural. We get all walks of life coming in. But, like, still even to this day people walk in, look around, they're not sure what they want for lunch. They're like, I've never been here before. And then they'll look around and walk out without trying anything because they're still unaware of Lebanese pastries. So sometimes you need to grab people and drag them back in a little bit and say, I want you to try something. Like you might give them like a little sampler of like a cheese pie or like a zata and then they're hooked and then you see them the next day and the day after and then they just become your regular customers. <laughs> That's so lovely. I mean, was that something that you saw your dad doing? You, you know that he would he was trying to do that bit of outreach to try to you know get people to fall in love with the food. Yeah, dad's always been generous um, with like serving food because that's how we eat at home. 
we don't do like little portions or whatever. We just like our our tables are full when we eat, um, and we're like the Lebanese culture is very generous in, in by nature. So when people come in and they don't know what's what, you sort of like bit of education and like you make them feel welcome and at home and that's what we try to do here make make everyone feel welcome Mm. it's a pretty hard thing to do when the business is so busy you know there's always people lining up I guess some people know exactly what they're there for how do you sort of you know give people who are at different stages with their Lebanese food journey what they want uh, I think you can sort of read, well, it depends how, like, because I've been here for a while now, you get a read on customers um, and you can sort of tell, like, what they're into or what they would be into. Um, so sometimes it's just about, like, having a guess and just, like, having a joke around as well and not, not being too serious with your customers. Like, um, you'd have, like, an off day sometimes where you're not that, inter- like, you're not interacting that much with your customer. Um, but like you just try to make your customer feel feel at home. Because mm. one thing that I love about A1 is you can just see all the action, you know. Um, I just love the fact that you can see through to the bakery. Um, you can see people who've got sitting at their tables laden with food. There's, you know, kids and grandmas. It's such a, a vibrant and varied place. But I do get love that sense that it's all just being made there and you and you're really part of it. Yeah, well, it's just, it's um, the way the business has been, like, um, it, we've got a big space here, here, so you try to fill it out, sort, like, our grocery section was much bigger, um, but then when dining started to become a lot popular and we started introducing a lot of um, lunch meals, um, because at the start, we only had about maybe 10 or 12 items on the menu, and that was all, like, um, pastry where now we've added like a lot of lunch dishes. So so they do require a lot more dine-in. So I think it's just, uh, so then we reduced our grocery section and we've focused a lot on the dine-in side of it. But now with lockdown, it's funny because the grocery section and like the spices and ingredients and stuff like that, that section's picked up again because a lot of people are cooking at home. So it's sort of interesting how lockdown has introduced people to cooking in their kitchens and like trying new recipes, which I think is really good Mm, as well. That is interesting because, I mean, let's talk more about how it's been the last couple of years. Obviously, it's been a disruptive period for everybody. What's it been like for you at A1? Um, Look, we've been so blessed um, because um, our food is can be enjoyed takeaway. So it hasn't. Um, it's affected us, of course, like everyone else, but we can't, I can't really complain. Um, and like we, it's, it is what it is for us, but thankfully our business is still running. Um, we can still keep our doors open. Um, and yeah, sales aren't where, where they were, but it's, we can't complain. Like we just got to keep the smile on our faces and it is what it is really. Because a lot of other businesses do have it a lot harder. Um, so, yeah, we, we're just grateful that we can keep our doors open. Mm. Have you been doing deliveries or just relying on people coming to the doors? Um, at the start, we didn't know how long, well, two years ago now. Um, is it two, has it been two years? Oh, I'm, losing, I'm losing track of, uh, of months and days and, it, and everything. Um, but at the start, uh, we, we went on Uber or 
or any of those services. So we started doing like deliveries ourselves, um, but it was, it was getting a bit too much. Um, and then we started to get busier. We didn't think that would be that busy for takeaway. So we sort of had to drop that and we signed up with like, you know, delivery partners and that's taken a lot of pressure off us as well. Um, because we didn't expect to have that much support while we were just doing takeaway. So yeah, it caught us off guard a little bit. Mm. So you found that there has been a lot of demand for people having your food delivered to them at home. Uh, yeah, I think now more than ever, just because a lot of people are hesitant to come out. Maybe, um, some people are working from home. A lot more people are working from home now. So they can't really, you know, leave or, you know, they're on their computer and they can't like leave their work workspace to come for lunch. Um, but I think also some people use it as an excuse to come out of the house and just like get some fresh air as well. So, but it's, it's been a lot of takeaway has picked up, like deliveries have picked up. Um, and yeah. Mm. And I know that you guys have unfortunately had some COVID cases in the business. Can you talk, talk to me about that? Um, well, yeah, I think our first one was a uh, tier two, which was a customer. Um, he probably would have been in here for about 10 minutes, I reckon. Um, but we, uh, the health department con- contacted us straight away um, and told us what to do. Um, they wanted us to close our doors. I'm like, but he was in here for 10 minutes. What do I have to close for? He goes, yeah, it doesn't matter. you got to close. you got to get a deep clean. I'm like, all right. We, don't, we didn't know how serious, like, you know, like we we're still learning because it was like the closest contact we've ever had in here. Um, so, like, all right, we closed the doors. Um, like, I had to, like, pretty much we had to stop serving people and, like, there was people in line which had to stop serving them, like, sorry, but, like, we've got to close the shop. Yeah, so it was sort of like a bit of, like, you didn't want to freak people out at the same time, um, but you had to do the right thing. So we closed and then we had to get a deep clean, like front of house and the back. So it was sort of like, and deep cleans, they're, they're not the cheapest at the moment. Um, but so yeah, we've done all that and then all my stuff were cleared. They were all negative, thank God. So we just were able to open in like two or three days. So that was, that was all right. Um, and then our second exposure was a tier one which was a staff member, um, but we didn't know until like four or five days later. So we didn't know if the damage was done already or if or we've dodged, like we've sort of semi-dodged the bullet. Um, thankfully, oh, so we found out on Friday because he tested positive and he contacted us and said, look, I've tested positive. Um, the health department are going to contact you guys. So I'm like, all right, uh, it's Friday. Do you work on Monday? Am I supposed to close? He goes, I don't know. He goes, they're going to call you. Um, so I didn't know what to do. I sort of like, oh, do, I, do I open the next day? It was four days ago, five days ago. Like, was he contagious then or not? So we thought, you know what? We'll just close our doors on, on the Saturday and not open, and we'll just see what happens. Um, luckily, we closed because we were on the exposure site the next morning as a tier one and we hadn't been contacted yet. So it was sort of like, we'll be disappointed um, because if I had 
if we had left our doors open and then we were on the exposure site, it would have looked really bad on our half, on our behalf. Um, so I thought that they would have called us straight away, which was a bit disappointing. Um, but thankfully, we just we closed the doors and we weren't open when we were on the exposure site, um, which was, I guess, a good thing. And was there was there any spread at the at the bakery? Uh, there was only one uh, one other uh, staff member, um, so it was good that we did close, or else we wouldn't have known, you know, where it would have luckily'd. Because everyone went and got tested, and you sort of you found that out. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, he was he was feeling a, a bit unwell the day before. Uh-huh. Um, and it was his day off, so he went and got a test on his own, which was good. Um, and then he, I think, found out that Friday night as well. So leading on to the next day, it was good that we decided to close. It's a, it's a lot, isn't it? I mean, you know, as a business owner, you're responsible for so much, you know, for your customers, of course, for your staff, you know, for the finances of the business. It's, it's, um, must be expensive to close and, and, um, yeah, do the clean and all that stuff, even though you, there is a rebate for a deep clean, but it's, yeah, the, it must, must cost you a lot. Um, how do you cope with that on your shoulders? Um, it's, we don't, we don't like closing. Um, we, if, if, if we can open every day, well, I don't want to, but if dad can have us open every day, he'd have us open every day. Um, we only usually close for like Easter, like Good Friday, Easter Sunday and like Christmas day and like New Year's day. So all up, we close it like maybe six or seven days a year. Um, so for us to close, it's, it's a bit uncomfortable, um, especially to close like without, you know, like in those circumstances um, because it was out of our control. Um, so it was sort of just like you just take it on the chin and um, that's all you can do really. How are you feeling about Melbourne coming out of lockdown? We know that there's going to be more cases floating around. I mean, how do you feel about things going forward? Um, I try to stay positive. Um, I think if people just do the right thing for themselves and, like, the person next to them, then I think we'll be all right. Um, there's, I don't think we'd be able to scrap, like, COVID. Um, I don't think it's it's going to happen anytime soon um, but I think people people with businesses that haven't been open for two years they they need they need like Melbourne to reopen because we can't we can't live like this so but you have to rely like you just hope that people do the right thing and we get through it yeah yeah I, I mean I, I agree. I wish, yeah, I wish we could banish COVID. I don't think that's going to happen, but yeah, we do need to, um, yeah, just pull together and, and, uh, yeah, as you say, just do whatever we can. Um, and I think, you know, when I've, when I saw A1, you know, closing and on the tier one list those couple of times, I, I felt really 
really upset, you know, because I feel like it's such an institution and there are some businesses that feel like they're so much part of the heart of the city and the life of the city that they just have to be okay. I mean, does it feel like that working in A1? I mean, it's the family business, but it's so important to the community. Does that feel like a big responsibility? Um, It does because you see like... um like a lot of families, like regular families coming in and like they sort of depend on your business, I don't know, to get them through their day or just their lunch break or, you know, or whatever. So when we did find out, it was sort of like, oh, like this this uh, old gentleman came in that comes in every day to pick up his pita bread. He came in, like I hope he's all right. Um, you know, sort of things like that like cross your mind and like your staff's family, hope they're all right, like did anyone else get infected? Or, like, you know, just little things like that um, play on your mind. But you just got to have hope, I guess. Mm. And what about the – let's talk about the food. Let's talk about all the good stuff. <laughs> um, what do you reckon are the key items that you do? What are the most important things that people need to try? Oh, um, for me, there's a top three. Um, I don't know if – me personally, anyway, um, it's in no order because it just depends on what you feel like on the day. Um, it's got to be the Zatar Manushi. Um, it's got to be the meat pizza or the Laham Bajin, which is the lamb. Um, and then the cheese pie. I think they're, they're my top three. Yeah. They're all pretty good. Tell me, tell us, for people who don't know what you do, like tell us, explain to us what za'atar is and, and what the za'atar pastry is. Well, za'atar pretty much a mix of spice, of herbs like uh, thyme, sesame seeds, sumac and oregano uh, mixed with oil on a Lebanese pizza base and cooked in an cooked in an oven. Now you can have it on like a thick base or a thin base. It's, the choice is yours. Um, some people like it soft and spongy. Some people like it crispy. Um, and you can have it wrapped in veggies, which is also good. Mm. Yeah. I think, And it's really one of the key fragrances, isn't it, when you walk in? Uh, yeah, that, I think that's the strongest smelling one out of all of them. And it smells the best as well. Yeah. Um, so what's your favourite, by the way? I think it's a za'atar. But I think uh, za'atar with cheese as well is really really fantastic because I yeah that's it with cheese good. yeah very good but um I mean I really also love anything with pickles so I think the plates the like the platters that you do that have got falafel and pickles and dips I think it's really really delicious and I, I love just coming in and seeing other people eating them because it's so colorful um so I think there's really something of that sort of a, a Middle Eastern bazaar you know a market kind of feel as well yeah, it's true about the pickles as well. Like, it's funny because sometimes you see kids in prams and they're just chewing on a pickled turnip <laughs> and they're like, oh, my kid loves these turnips. I'm like, I didn't, I didn't start eating them until like a few years ago. So it's good that kids are getting into pickles early. Yeah, interesting. And so are you running it now with your brothers? Is, your, is the first generation still involved? Yeah, well, it's uh, dad's sort of taken a, a step back. Um and it's me and my brothers at the moment. Um, like growing up, it was my dad, my uncle, along with my mum and my auntie. Um, so I grew up here with my sister and my cousins. And so there was a, like, a big family presence here. 
Um, but then when uh, my uncle retired, um, I got a bit older. Dad took a, like a step back, and now me and my brothers are just um, taking over and just trying to um, keep the name going. And is any of you in the kitchen, or are you all sort of on the business side of things? Like, what do you guys do? Uh, we're so like, we're pretty lucky to have um, really good bakers um, that have been around for like. 10, 15, 20 years, um, some a bit longer. Um, so we haven't had to go, like we still learn everything inside. Um, but thankfully we haven't had to go like be in the back um, and we're all front of house, mm. which is good. And what do you reckon is the secret to really good Lebanese bread? Oh, that's a good question. It's a secret recipe to be honest. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think it's just um, – enjoying what you like how you make it um so if you if you love if you love what you do and like the bread you're making and you make it with your whole heart then it'll come out delicious Mm, yeah and um i think also the fact that it's constantly being baked throughout the day like you know it's always fresh i think that's really important as well yeah, for us, that's uh, I'm very big on having fresh um, products. So yeah, we like we don't like to bake uh, a ton in the morning and then sell it throughout the whole day. We like to come at like six o'clock and just keep uh, baking all day, so the product stays fresh. Mm. And I mean, what do you think about Brunswick, where where the bakery is? Like, has that changed a lot over the years? Uh, it has. Um, there's there's a lot, there's a lot of apartments at the moment. Um, some still going up. I don't know where all these people are coming from because <laughs> people are leaving Victoria. <laughs> um, but um, hopefully, like uh, soon, like the numbers pick up and all these apartments are full. But yeah, there are a lot more apartments now. Um, but it's good to see also, like on Sydney Road, uh, there was a lot of little shops that were empty for a while. Um, I think um, like some people are trying to come in there and like put their stamp on Sydney Road, which is really good as well. Mm. So are you feeling um, generally optimistic about, you know, the, the period to come for Melbourne and for Brunswick? Oh, you, you have to be. Um, I think you've got to stay optimistic um, and just like be positive. That's all we can do. Mm. All right. Well, hi, Carl. It's been really fantastic to learn a bit more about A1 and what you guys do. Is there anything else that you'd like to tell us? Uh, no, I think that, I think we covered it. I think we've covered everything. Um, but, yeah, just come down, um, enjoy some authentic Lebanese food and enjoy. Thank you so much. We definitely will. Take care. Thanks so much. Thank you. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. This.